What does rest look like for you? If you had to describe that word in one sentence, what would you say? I know you just clicked on this episode, but actually say it out loud or write it down or simply just say it in your head. What is rest? Now, I want you to take that definition, that picture that you just described, and I want you to ask yourself, how often do I feel this? Do I do this? You might be surprised to hear what your answer is. And guess what? I didn't give you those answers at all. That was all you. Right? Now we are telling ourselves something that is actually surprising us. How is that possible? If we are being honest, most of us know very little about what it means to rest. Even fewer know how to implement it properly. We have overbooked schedules, canceled commitments, missed opportunities. All the while, when people ask us how we are doing, we say, I'm doing good. Listen to me. There is a difference between being busy and being productive. That's why we have so many stressed out people, so many people dealing with anxiety, being burnt out, lack of energy and motivation, the list goes on and on. Don't you want to know how to best prevent all of that? My name is Z and I am only here today to guide you, to help train you, the young believer, to live your best life physically and spiritually. I have been in your shoes when it comes to being burnt out and so has my guest today, Alex Cottingham, founder and CEO of Holo Health, who is here to explain how you can prevent that from happening again and what it means to be at peace. Are you ready to truly find rest? The one who will walk with you through the meadow, lead you by still waters, and protect you from all that may try to disturb your peace is the one who is ready to offer you everything you need. You are about to be trained by the Lamb. With Holo Health, we tell people that we want to help them become truly healthy. And part of that conversation that we're constantly having with people is I use the imagery yep. that we are all subject to what I call the cultural undertow. And if that's a new language for you, it's basically, you know what an undertow is when you go to the beach. It's that invisible current that you feel you're drifting down the beach like, oh, I'm like 30 yards down from where I put my stuff down at. The cultural undertow is that same invisible current that's going to drift you away from health, from each other, and from what's most important. And it's literally the opposite of intentionality. And the reason I bring that up is because part of the cultural undertow is this mm. priority and emphasis on speed, on excellence, on tempo, on go, 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 on hustle, hustle, keep going until, oh, I just put in 12 hours this day. I just worked a 14-hour yeah. day. Right. That is not healthy. And here's the thing. When it comes to alleviating right. a fast pace, it needs to be sustainable. And the cultural undertow does not give us a sustainable pace to live at. Because here's Absolutely. why. In the cultural undertow, your yeah. or my or our go-to default mode in our decision making will be yes. It'll be yes to this outing, yes to this after work project, after this school project, after yes to this subscription, yes to this Netflix show, yes to this hanging out with friends. And it's yes and yes and yes and yes. And here's the thing. 
the more yeses you make, the faster your life is. Because when you say yes, 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 and you stack 12 things on top of each other, your pace is now much, much faster. Yes, and here's the, <laughs> yeah. And here's the thing. That is not sustainable. But if we are not intentional, the cultural undertow will just constantly keep filling our inbox, filling our schedule, filling our time with things that are not important. But that's why we need to be intentional on what we are giving our yeses to so that we can live and operate out of a sustainable pace. And I have some context on how I help people do that. That's good. But I think the first thing is be intentional with your decision making. Let your go-to default mode be no, because when it's no, you're actually saving a yes for a better yes. And honestly, what's probably a more important yes, which might be your inner sphere of influence, oh. it might be your family, it might be your fitness, it might be your sleep. You are now saving that for what's most important to you, operating on a sustainable pace. Hey. I told y'all we was bringing it. <laughs> I told you we were bringing the heat today and we're not failing on that promise. But hey, Galatians 5.16, I know I already referenced this, but Galatians 5.16 through 26, and I'm not going to read all of it, but it's the passage that talks about keeping in step with the spirit. And so don't grieve your spirit by more than God intended for you. And you just touched on that exactly, Alex, like allow your no to open the door for a better yes. And how about that better yes be God's yes, right? To be the, something that the Holy Spirit inside of you is not going to be grieved by. is something that's just going to bring out that best version of you. And I just want to tie that in and say that's like, that's so key where people think no in terms of it's, oh, it's shutting down an opportunity, right? Because that's what we can see, right? We can see if I say no, if I say no to this opportunity, okay, I can see that I'm shutting down this opportunity. I'm turning down this opportunity that I think might be the best for me. But the other way, and I think this is a way that more people should look at saying no, and you mentioned it, is like, it's an opportunity also now for God's will to come in. You're allowing room for God's will to come in. So we're not always saying no, because there are going to be people that God brings into your life and he wants you to say yes, right? He wants to lead you into those things. So don't just be the no man, right? But, and that's a play on Yes Man, the uh, popular movie, I guess, like what, 10 years ago. But <laughs> so that, I, I love that you mentioned that. And I think that just goes hand in hand with keeping in step with the spirit. And then I would just also add on, get outside people, like get outside, take a break and just breathe, find time and not just find time, right? I shouldn't use that term. Don't just find time to get outside, take a break, grab a breath, grab a breather and remove yourself from whether it's social media, technology, just in general. We already have enough headaches trying to do this podcast with technology and trying to listen and everything that's trying to you know come into our head each and every day, right? And on our social media feeds. We have enough with that as it is, but not just find time, make time. You can't see it, especially for my listeners at home. You're not going to be able to see this because you're listening to the audio version. But I have, I just started doing this. I have a dry erase board over here. And every day now, I, the night before, I am scheduling my day. And I'm making intentional time, whether it's Bible time. I'm scheduling Bible time. I'm scheduling, you know, an hour for social media. And that's it. I don't spend more than an hour on social media. Now, some days I might because I might have to do some work for God remembers. But that's neither here nor there. That's, you know, as needed. My point is make time, schedule time in, because if you don't schedule time in, and I know I've talked to some other entrepreneurs out here, and this is something that they really gripe on, but like, it's really important because if you don't make time, if you don't 
actually write it down and schedule it in, you're never going to do it. So if you don't make time, if you don't schedule down time for you to be able to make time with God, you're never going to do it. I mean, I completely agree. Time is such an issue with some of the people I train. Oh, I can't. I don't have time to go to the gym. I don't have time to get eight hours of sleep. I don't have time. Here's the thing. People, every person has the same 24 hours. Time is not the limiter. It's just what you do with that time. And I'm a big proponent on if it's not in your calendar, then it's not going to happen. So right. Like you said, you have to make that time. And here's going back to what we talked about earlier is, okay, what do I know what to make time for? I make my decisions. And again, I'm not advocating this for everybody. This is just work that works for me. I base my decisions on giving my yeses and my noes that's going to operate my sustainable pace on my people and my priorities. I have... For example, Jesus had his 12 disciples, but he also had his close three, right? Peter, James, and John, that they went to the Mount Transfiguration. He pretty much like told them everything. He had his close three mm-hmm. people that I recommend that people define who their inner sphere of influence is at probably no more than three to five, because why go more than what Jesus did? The example that he set. But I have right now in my life, excluding my wife, excluding family, I have four guys in my life right now yeah. that they pretty much know everything and I can call them about anything. Those four people in my life are going to get my best yeses. And those four people are going to allow me to make time for them. And the other one is my priorities. It's my seasonal priorities. Because here's the thing, my seasonal values go for me in season to season. So for example, this season, my three priorities are investing in my young kids, growing Holo Health, and training in CrossFit. Those three things are my seasonal priorities. And if I don't put that on my calendar, they won't happen, which is why I am intentionally making sure that those three things happen. And then all the other times of the day are basically going to be filled in with lesser priority things. Not to say that nothing's not important, but if everything's important, nothing's important. So I'm making sure my people and my priorities are getting my best yes and on my calendar. And then everything else is going to be sprinkled in. When did you experience burnout? What was that experience like? And you know, just having to be able to understand that you were just completely drained at that moment and you had to step away from whatever it was you were doing at that time. The first thing that comes to my mind when it comes to burnout is a season where you just can't keep going. You can't keep going at that pace. You can't keep going at that rate because to me, burnout is when you go past your limits, right? You have a threshold. It's called margin. It's the buffer between your load and your limits and your load exceeds your limit. And that's personally for me, it probably was the end of 2020 going probably up until the end of 2021. So fairly recent, it wasn't a burnout of passion. It wasn't a burnout of desire. Mm -hmm. It was just a burnout of capacity because in context, I used to work at North Point Ministries down in the Atlanta area for my full-time job, but then I was also coaching CrossFit as well. And I was increasing my load there on top of married. We bought a house on top of, of the pandemic. We had two young kids and I was growing whole health at the time. So just a couple Man. small things <laughs> in my life going yeah. on at the time. 21. Just a couple. <laughs> yeah, just a couple, right? And I told my wife, I was like, hey, I can't keep doing what I'm doing. Like I can't keep operating at the speed I am with what I am doing because I only have so much to give. And I feel like if I continue doing this, I'm going to just hit a dead end. So thankfully, um, we've made some changes since then. But yeah, I can definitely 
resonate and relate with people who are just dealing with burnout? For some people out there, especially spiritually, it can be a dead end for them, right? It can prove to be, you know, the end of what could be their faith that they thought, you know, they were going to try and put everything on themselves and missing, completely missing the point that it's Jesus that, you know, we're supposed to put everything all, cast all of our burdens onto him but we try and take too much on ourselves. And for some people, it really is a dead end. So I love that terminology. Being able to pace yourself, not only physically, but spiritually, this was something that I had to learn very quickly. It can be easy to just get overwhelmed when you are eager. I found that in my past. I'm, I'm probably still the same way today, but just when I get really eager about something, oh, I get so overwhelmed, but I'm so excited to get into it. I want to unpack it. Just like everything that we're talking about on this podcast, we want you guys to unpack it, but in time, right? Being patient. But I was so eager to, in the past to serve God and to quote unquote, be a Christian. And I overlooked some things, whether it was serving or building relationships with others that it kind of backfired on me. So, you know, that feeling when you are so excited to do something that you completely forget that your body, it's not a machine. It needs fuel, right? It needs rest and you need to take care of it. And in physical training, which I know we both have a passion and a knowledge and experience in, we call this overtraining in, in physical training, sort of that burnout. When you overtrain, you're going to experience, and I have the list of symptoms written off here, and I'm going to translate them to the spiritual walk. So decreased performance, right? Well, when we think of decreased performance in the spiritual walk, I translate that to not serving in church and maybe the lukewarm Christian, right? You also have increased perceived effort. I translate that to probably trying to take spiritual matters into your own hands, right? I'm a controlling person sometimes, so I love to control things. And when things are outside of my control, well, that's an increased perceived effort there. Excessive fatigue, that one's kind of self-explanatory, but that's burnout, lack of motivation, energy, just to be able to serve to you know live for God. And then you got agitation, moodiness. I mean, that's all the time. Like who isn't always agitated or moody at some point? I also think of that and translate that to spiritual soreness, spiritual pain, right? Where it's like you're grieving the spirit now because you're not keeping in step with the spirit. You're not walking with the spirit. So I just wanted to get your thoughts about that. I love that because there are a lot of parallels to the physical and spiritual because they both come from the same source, which is first and foremost, your relationship with Jesus, that I say that your walk with the Lord should be the most foundational thing that you do, right? And that is personally for me, my motivation on the physical side, as far as, I mean, whether it's just sleeping well, eating clean, moving often, or it's excelling in performance, but then also it's what gives me purpose. It's what gives me context for my relationships. It's what shapes my priorities. There's such a parallel because mm -hmm. when you are consistent in one area, you're bound to be more consistent in another area because of those are the same disciplines. I tell my clients, when you start regularly exercising, naturally you are going to sleep better. Naturally, you're going to want to eat better. Naturally, you're going to have better energy because you're going to be more disciplined in those other areas. And it's the same thing mm. with your spiritual life that if you yeah. are regularly taking care of your physical body, it's going to bleed over into the mind and the mm. soul and the yep. spirit as well. So that's why, A, if we are anchored well in our relationship with Jesus, then not only will we, yeah, we're taking care of our body as well through different, more like physiological disciplines, but it will bleed over into the spiritual as well and just kind of some things you talked about. So I completely agree. Yeah. And I have a Bible verse that goes perfect with this and it's Hebrews 12, 1. 
And it says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So this is for my endurance runners out there listening. You know what this means, right? You understand the importance of pacing for a race and you know that you just can't go full sprint right off the blocks and expect to have that same intensity down the stretch. And so that's why we're here today to help bring that understanding of pacing to your spiritual walk. And for you, Alex, as a kinesiology major, you'll appreciate this as well. But for me, I experienced burnout about the same time as you. I mentioned it when I was in college. It was my last year of college, and it was also during COVID as well. And certainly, you know, there was a lot of people that were probably struggling with this, having anxiety. Some people were maybe out of jobs and just having that anxiety and worry about what's going to happen with everything. But for me, it was just, I tried to do just so much in such a small time, whether it was serving in my church, working on the podcast, and then obviously doing school as well. And then everything else that life throws at you is like, it just, it took me out. And I was just like, I can't do this anymore. You know, I have to step away because if I don't, and I can already start to see it happening, that it's going to start to affect me emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically, everything. And once again, for our listeners tuning in at home, Holo Health, Alex's platform, that's exactly what he talks about is just being able to take care, to live truly healthy for every single aspect of your life. So isn't it important that we pace ourselves, that we put an emphasis on rest when, as I just mentioned, when I experience burnout and when you experience burnout, you are likely going to feel the deteriorating effects on every single aspect of your life. We have to take care of this. And This is going to be a really good question for you because for somebody like me, I'm single. I don't have any kids and, you know, I'm blessed to say that God has given me a lot of time to be able to do other things. But for somebody like you that you just mentioned, you have a lot of things that could be coming for your priorities and they're important things, right? Being able to prioritize family, being able to prioritize your own fitness, your own health. Like those are things that you have to take care of and God wants you to take care of that. So my question for you would be, and you kind of already touched on this in a sense of more practical ways. What would be some practices or habits that you do on a daily basis that could be really helpful for our listeners at home to specifically, right? Here it is, balance, rest, and productivity, because there's a difference. There's a difference between being able to rest and be productive, but, you know, do one or the other and just be negligent towards the one that you're not doing. Yes, A couple things that come to mind as far as like practical, chewable, bite-sized habits that people can do to live at a sustainable pace, decrease their stress, be in step with the spirit. This one I would say is I would say, one, piggybacking off the last one, prioritize priorities because a priority isn't a priority until you prioritize it. So make sure that you actually write those down and stick to it. Mm -hmm. Two, purposefully plan that if you don't have a plan, like you said, you on your whiteboard, write your plan down, whether it's a week glance or a daily glance, you need to plan what those days of the week and hours of the day are going to look like. Because if not, you will operate at unsustainable pace. You can let the cultural undertow drift you away. So if you are purposefully planning, that's a practical thing you can do. Another thing that I like to encourage my athletes with are you need to fill your cup. Absolutely. You cannot operate on an empty cup. 
and some of these habits as far as getting eight hours of mm. sleep, getting enough nutrition, getting at least 30, 60 minutes of movement throughout the day, increasing self-awareness, journaling, living in relationships, embracing your faith. Like These are practical things that will fill your cup because if you don't do those things, I am now empty. I am more restless. I am more bitter. I'm My mind is like, like Romans 8 says, my mind is now set on the flesh rather than the spirit. So making sure I'm operating with my cup Another one that I would recommend, I actually write about in the book as well, is the phrase digitally decluttering. Because in this technologically infused world that we live in, we can literally subscribe to one more email list, follow one more follower on Instagram, have one more page that we're on on Facebook. And we now are so cluttered in our digital world that we literally can't get through everything in an hour. And all of a sudden, our screen time is now three hours a day, which is eating up our time and our pace and our priorities where... One thing that I try to do is I try to unsubscribe from emails more than I subscribe. I try to only listen to like a handful of podcasts because if I keep listening to more and more, my mind is going, I'm racing, I'm going where I'm not keeping the most important things, most important things. So I think digitally decluttering are some practical tips that you can do on top of practicing silence and solitude before the Lord, simplicity, Sabbath, slowing down. There's a reason why it's called walking with the Spirit and not running with the Spirit because the Spirit doesn't operate at a running pace. You walk with Him. When your cup is full, you are not the best version of yourself, but you're a more accurate representation of Christ because you are a in step with the spirit, mm. relying on him, reminding yourself of your dependency on Christ, because dependency is not a state, it's a reality. We live in these prideful cycles of, oh, I can do this myself. I can let my flesh take over. Where no, we are fully and wholly 100% of the time dependent on Christ. <laughs> so when your cup is full, yeah. <laughs> you are living in the fullness of life that John 10.10 10 talks about, because Jesus said, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give you life and give you to the full or an abundant life. So to fill your cup means you're A, going to prioritize the most important things as the most important things so that you have energy for that. You are rested. You give your best. You're not sluggish. You're not unmotivated because you are now not, again, like I said, not the best version of yourself because we will always be tainted with sin on this side of eternity, but you are now more an accurate representation of Jesus and the spirit because you are walking with the spirit. That is a more clear picture of what filling your cup is from a spiritual sense. Yeah, that was, oh, that's so good. That's so good. I mentioned we were going to get to this and I'm going to let you run away with this one because I know you're a big advocate for it. And I I can speak some things into this, like, but I'm not a perfect example of this. I'm not even really a good example. I mean, some days I do better than others, but what I'm talking about is rest, right? And sleep and understanding how much, you know, that is what we spend. I don't want to say most people probably spend about a, get eight hours of sleep. That's a third of your day right there. So that's 33% of your day, 33% of the value that you're going to get out of the day in terms of taking care of your body. You think we should probably take pretty good care of that and probably put some emphasis on that. So I'm going to let Alex run with this one, but let's plug in the rest here because I know you are big on sleep. And as I mentioned, it's part of the equation when it comes to pacing and taking care of yourself. So this is going to be a good question, but what do most people, myself included probably, what do most people overlook about sleep and rest that they need to know in order to live truly healthy? 
In the book, I provide seven universal habits that anybody can do to live a truly healthy life. When I say truly healthy life, it means in all areas, physically, mentally, emotionally, relationally, spiritually. The first habit in the book is sleep well. And here's why. Sleep, rest, all of it. Sleep impacts every biological system in your body that you have. It impacts your cardiorespiratory system, your integumentary system, your immune system, nervous system, musculoskeletal system, digestive system, reproductive system. Everything about your physiology is impacted by your sleep. A third of Americans live in what's called sleep deprivation, meaning they get less than consistently less than seven hours of sleep because research, I'm the messenger mm. man. I'm, this is not just an Alex or whole health thing. This is what scientific literature has put out that every single person, adult plus 18 years old needs seven to nine hours of sleep. Now seven, you can get by nine is probably up there, but that's why they average it at eight because sleep literally impacts everything. And the thing that people think that they can just get by with sleep is like, oh, I don't need it. My body adjusts. And here's the thing. Your body does adjust, but it's not optimal. It is not thriving. Statistics show that people who sleep less than six hours consistently each night actually tend to be overweight and more obese than people who do get eight hours of sleep. People who actually yeah. get this, this is a crazy research statistic. Yeah. When you consistently get less than eight hours of sleep, your go. body actually makes more ghrelin and less leptin. Those are two hunger and fullness hormones. Your ghrelin says I'm hungry, leptin says I'm full. When you are living in a sleep deprivated state or not getting enough rest or sleep, hmm. your body is actually telling you, I need more food and actually I'm not as hungry as more resulting in you eating more than necessary, which is actually going to cause you to overeat, which is going to throw off your physical state, which is going to throw off your spiritual state. Yep. We said they're all connected. So sleep is vital because it's connected to everything. And people think that they can just operate with no sleep. Oh, I pulled an all-nighter. Oh, I slept only three, four hours of sleep. You are not living a truly healthy lifestyle because that is the most foundational formative habit that you can do. And here's the thing. It corresponds perfectly in this conversation because when you sleep well, you are now energized throughout the day to live at a sustainable pace. You can prioritize priorities. You can stay in step with the spirit. You have time because you are not lethargic and lack of low motivation throughout the day. So if your formative habit is sleep, you can operate at a sustainable pace through your training, through your spiritual walk, because you now are giving your body what it needs because it impacts everything that you do. So it is literally in conjunction and relative to this conversation. Man, I learned something new today. There you go. Learn something new every day. I learned something new. I hope my listeners, I hope you guys are learning something new because that was a good trip down the science hall today. And I know so many people too. That's the crazy thing is I know so many people that, and you mentioned it earlier, like they basically brag about, oh, I'm basically working on four hours of sleep. I wake up at like, oh, two or three in the morning and boom, I'm hitting the ground running. I'm doing that every day. I'm like, or some people that work like three jobs a week. And like for some of them, you know, they do that to survive and get by. But I'm like, for my people out there that are like bragging about their work ethic, it's like, dog, I'm a hard worker too. But like, I just don't know my body needs sleep. Like, I don't know how y'all do that, right? Yes, I know. I train people at our gym all the time. They're like, oh, I just got three or four hours of sleep. I fell asleep on the couch and couldn't go back to sleep. That you are literally hindering yourself. You're living with an unnecessary limitation if you want to be 
balanced or whole or optimal or truly healthy. And the three tips that I give people are that if you prime your environment, if you minimize the stimulants and you have a bed routine, you can optimize your sleep. You can get eight hours of sleep consistently. We can deep dive into those later. But I would argue that your pace, Mm -hmm. the most formative foundational piece to that is your sleep and your rest because then you are now able to live at a sustainable pace. Alex, I want to open it up to you. I know, once again, you are a father of two. You have just an awesome platform with Holo Health, and you have a lot of experience, not just gaining knowledge and insight into how our bodies are affected by everything that we do, whether that's good or bad, but just being able to work with people and to help give them these tips like you're doing today. So we've talked, we've given a lot of tips for people at home. Is there anything that you see as far as like a common problem today just whether it's physical or spiritual in general, that, you know, and that culture that we have, that social media that's just go, go, go. I got something and then I got the next thing and I got appointments. And even sometimes we can do that to a fault, even when we're making time for that, right? Like sometimes we can over make time. What would be your one piece of advice for just that go, go, go culture that we live in today? If I had to say it in one sentence, if you don't remember anything else, my go-to piece of advice for people who are go, 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 go practically is to live with margin, is to live with margin. That is also another important element of Hmm. pacing yourself because margin is the difference between what you could and should do. It's the gap between the buffer and your breaking point, right? It's the space between your load and your limits like we talked about earlier. And if we are just stacking podcast episode after podcast episode after podcast episode, meeting, 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 meeting. We're going to go to work, then we're going to write to the kids, and we're going to train, then we're going to go home. Like, If we don't have any breathing room, if we don't have margin in our life, we could be missing out on how the spirit wants to use you. Because here's the thing, the spirit uses uninterrupted off the cuff, random times, many times in my life, it was the times when I was walking to the break room or in between meetings that I had 10 or 15 minutes that I ran into this coworker that sparked a conversation that we started praying over her because the spirit was moving because that invitation was open because I had 15 minutes of margin. But if we are just go, 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 go and optimizing every down to the minute, Hmm. Yeah, from an efficiency and an effectiveness standpoint, you're going to do great. And that's what culture glamorizes and emphasizes. But I would argue to prioritize and schedule in some margin into your day and watch how the spirit can use you in those moments. So instead of maybe booking a seven to eight and then an eight to nine, maybe it's a seven to eight and then an eight fifteen to nine fifteen. And in those fifteen minutes, not only can you follow up and just finish well, you're not in a rush, but maybe you can just pray over your next meeting, or maybe you can see how the spirit is moving. Maybe you can give your attention to God through prayer, be like, God, I just pray over this next. I want to invite you in, so that when you're living in margin. You are not rushed. You're not go, go, go. And you're inviting Christ in to your daily rhythms. I think there's a lot of people out there. And I'm trying to think if I'm included in that. Probably. I'll just assume I am. But I think there's a lot of people out there that are just afraid of having that downtime or afraid of having time that's not busy because it feels like you're not doing anything. But as you mentioned, 
it's another opportunity, right, for you to say no to something that could be counterproductive, even though you're being productive, right? <laughs> Which sounds crazy to say, but it's going to sound counterproductive. But guess what? It's an opportunity for God, for the Holy Spirit to work in you in a way that you weren't even expecting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I want to go ahead and wrap up this episode by allowing you, Alex, I know we already mentioned it a couple times, and just your platform with Holo Health. And for those of you that are listening, we had Trevor on the podcast a couple weeks ago, and he had such a good message as well. So obviously, you can see that there is a lot of really good value to be found here with these guys and just everything they're doing and helping you to live truly healthy. So Alex, just take it away. Tell people a little bit about your platform, Holo Health. You mentioned your book in there as well. Tell some people about that so they can get to know you a little bit better. Yeah, I appreciate it. Holo Health has one mission, one mission only. It's to help people become truly healthy. I've been in the health and fitness world for almost a decade now, and I have trained, I mean, over thousands of people. And what I've realized is that people come to the gym or people go uh, and try to become physically healthy but yet they can go home and their marriage is crumbling. They're dealing with burnout. They don't know who they are. They want to be connected to something bigger and better than themselves, but they're confused. They're anxious. But if you are thriving in the gym, but you're struggling in other areas, I don't think that's health in its completed sense. So that's where the, the vision of Holo Health came is how can we be healthy in every area because each area impacts the other, our physical, our mental, our emotional, our relational, and spiritual. So that really is the mission of Whole Health on creating conversations, resources, platform, or community around how can we be healthy in every area. It's not an outward-facing Christian approach. It's, we say it's a Chick-fil-A approach that it is based on scriptures, based on our relationship with Jesus Christ, but it's not just for believers. It is for anyone who wants to take <laughs> practical steps towards optimizing their health, but we're not going to be bashful or ashamed to talk about our faith at all. So I would encourage people to go to the website. It's just wholehealth.com, H-O-L-O-H-L-T-H, just health without the vowel. So H-O-L-O-H-L-T-H.com. And the best thing they can do is just subscribe and join the community, join the movement, because right now we are just creating a expansive community of like-minded individuals who want to do this right, who want to get it right, who want to live a truly healthy lifestyle, who want to take care of themselves physically, but they also know that the other parts are important as well. And here's the vision that we tell people that the vision of Holo Health that we're going to help people become truly healthy is we're going to help people like what they see in the mirror, but love the inner peace that they feel. They're going to like what they see in the mirror and love the inner peace that they feel. And like I said, mm. we have a podcast. I wrote a book. We do an annual seminar that's in person here at the gym. That's we actually bring in outside communicators that are talking about the same exact thing. We have a weekly newsletter that we send weekly workouts in, videos, and follow us on Instagram. That's the best way to stay up to date. So I would just go to holohealth.com, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook, and stay up to date because we actually have some super exciting things coming down the pipeline that we're working on. So we're just trying to spread the message as much as we can. So I appreciate this conversation and I look forward to keeping this going. Alex Cunningham, everybody. Brother, I appreciate you so much for coming on the Train by the Lamb podcast today, just continuing to push the conversation forward because we need more voices in this space to tell people the importance and to redefine what it means to train, to me redefine what it means to live 
truly healthy. So Alex, thank you so much for coming on the Train by the Lamb podcast. For everybody that's tuning in, go out and implement this. But once again, we want you guys to pace. We want you guys to make God the priority and walk with the Spirit. So if you haven't learned how to do that, we can provide extra resources for you. And speaking of resources, we want to do exactly that. At Train by the Lamb and God Remembers, we call them our Christ-centered connections. In this community of people, brands, artists, you name it, it just continues to grow daily. If you're motivated to do more and to further accelerate that training with Christ, you can do that right now by following our show to get the latest and greatest in training wherever it is you are tuning in right now and leaving us a five-star rating. Check out our Instagram page at Train by the Lamb for all things TBTL. I'm your host Z signing off for now, but as always, I'm training alongside you every single day. I'll see y'all in here next week.